I'd like to share with all of you this morning, my dear sisters, what I feel that the Lord has asked me to bring to you in the <coughs> Blessed Sacrament this morning. He gave me a teaching for our cynical this morning. So I, I'm moving in that trust of the Lord. I'd like to begin by by reading what I felt was happening in our prayer of the sorrowful mysteries of our Blessed Mother. I feel that the, our Blessed Mother was showing us her sorrows and uniting us to her, to her sorrows. We are the mothers of the cross. Specifically, it is our Blessed Mother as Mother of Sorrows that we are called to become one with. Um, and I felt that she was crying and asking us to be one as her victim intercessors for the world. So I, with what Grace Marie said, it's absolutely correct what she said, but it brought me back to what the Lord shared with us in December. So I'd like to read it again. Prepare the way. Prepare for what? Prepare to encounter justice, meaning God. Love is justice. That's exactly what Grace was saying. God is justice. Love is justice. You have been encountering mercy, but each soul must prepare to encounter justice. On that day, will you remain standing or will you be swept away in his justice? Very few are prepared to encounter justice. The gaze of justice will condemn you or embrace you in an instant. Few are prepared to encounter justice. The gaze of truth. You, Father Jordy, and my community of love crucified are called to help many prepare the way through the simple path to union I have entrusted to you. My hidden martyrs of love are a gift of divine mercy to help many be prepared to encounter the gaze of justice. I desire that you work more diligently to finish the path, for the time is short. My hidden victims of love are preparing the way through the power of their blood united to my precious blood, being poured upon many by the mercy of Ava. You, my family, are helping God prepare our people for the encounter with justice. It will visit you like a thief in the night, and few are prepared. Bring me many victim souls, for the time of justice is upon you, soon to be knocking at your door. 
Be attentive to the words I speak to your heart. Be obedient. Respond, my little ones, with all the passion of your life. Be pure and holy as I am holy. Live who you are as my martyrs of divine love, preparing the multitudes for the great and terrible day. Prepare the way as the new men and women clothed in the white gown made clean in the blood of the Lamb. You are my white army being sent out into the world to prepare the way for the encounter with justice. I think it's amazing how the Lord speaks of justice, but in that one message to us, how many times he speaks of mercy. So the real union that God is love, God is justice, God is mercy, it's all one but how he constantly tells us that we are his martyrs of divine mercy. And that's really amazing. This morning, the Lord brought me to this scripture, and this is what I felt he wanted, this teaching he placed in my heart to share with you. The scripture is from Matthew Chapter 26, verse 57 through 68. It's Jesus before the high priest. So I will read it to you. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Cyphus, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. But Peter followed him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest. And going inside, he sat with the guards to see the end. Now, the chief priests and the whole council sought false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death. But they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last two came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus was silent, and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. 
Jesus said to him, You have said so, but I tell you hereafter, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has uttered blasphemy. Why do we still need witnesses? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spat on his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My sisters, where the Lord took me is to verse 58, where it says, But Peter followed him at a distance. That one verse united to the others. And the Lord was showing me in the Blessed Sacrament, what's the distance between Peter and Jesus? Peter could not be one with Jesus in his passion of love at that point. There's a distance. The distance separating Peter and Jesus is the distance of fear and still imperfect love in Peter. His imperfect love was still very his self-love and his self-preservation. That fear and that still rootedness in his own self-love created a distance between him and Jesus. Therefore, in that distance, Peter could not enter with Jesus in the participation of his passion. Peter was an observer. He was watching, but he was not participating with Jesus. Now, what did it mean for Peter to participate with Jesus? It meant that he would have to enter the passion of Jesus of being misjudged, persecuted, have to speak the truth as Jesus did and being willing to be judged incorrectly for it and even being able to be spat upon, slapped, pushed. That's what participation meant. Now, if you go a little further in the scripture, what happens next? It's Peter's denial. But you see, Peter loved Jesus incredibly. We're not talking about here a man that didn't love Jesus. Peter loved Jesus a lot. 
Peter in his heart wanted to be there with Jesus, but yet couldn't. There was a distance. The fears in his own heart, his own still impure heart, prevented him from becoming one in his passion to the point that he denies Jesus three times. And then at the end that he denies him, he cries bitterly because he loves Jesus so much. He felt horrible and he repents. And of course Jesus blesses him. Later on, Peter enters that union with the Lord. And there is no longer that distance. He becomes one heart. He becomes a martyr. And he does participate in the passion of love. But he needed the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. So the Lord was showing us, I felt, that in all of us there is a distance as victim intercessors, as the union of, in the path that the Lord has been guiding us through, it's to bring us out, to close in the distance. All of us, all of us as women love Jesus. I would say all of us, you know, passionately. But I feel that all of us do maybe have a distance. We have still in our hearts the impurity of fears, of self-love, of you know, selfishness, of pride, the things that keep us still from truly being one heart with Jesus. That's what the path to union does. It fills in the distance, healing us of our fears, our wounds, our disorders, everything that makes that that creates the distance that keeps us from entering the passion. Now, Our Lady is showing us that in our fiat to give ourselves as victim souls, not only does the Lord bless us with union with Him, but God needs us and our Blessed Mother needs us in this time to be really incredible victim intercessors. So, I, I'm just here to encourage you to continue in the path. I, I wanted to share some words that Zilkia, I felt that the, as I, I listened to Senegal on Thursday, I felt that the Spirit was moving Zilkia to share something. She hesitated. That's okay, but she responded. But I thought it was, it happened at the end of Senegal, and I felt that what the Lord wanted her to share was not able, but in God, God always, so I felt it was important to share it today. So I'd like Zilkia to read um, what she, the Spirit was moving her to say, and then I'd like to comment on it. My daughter, I desire to teach you tonight about the ways of love. Remember all I have told you in the past. 
love truly, love completely, love sacrificially, love tenderly. To love, you must first empty yourself completely of self-love. This love I speak of is for others. It should only be outward. You have read very much about this, but you must be reminded. You are still very weak, my child. Love outwardly with your actions towards your children, husband, and all you come across with. How do you love? With a simple smile, a gentle touch, and a kind gesture. To love is simple yet profound. Simply be attentive to others. Become last. The other must become first. Put your own desires aside in order to make others first. The other. This must be your priority. Others. Remaining in your thoughts. Reliving situations keeps you within yourself. Therefore, putting yourself first. You gain nothing there, but you gain everything when you step outside of yourself. Step outside of yourself and step into the other. Remain united to me. When you do, you will be able to step into the other. Remain united to me on my cross and together let us gaze into the eyes of the other from my cross. Okay, I thought that was amazing because that union with the Lord is always coming out of our self-self-love. As we become one with Jesus, we move. That's why all of us have become more attentive to the others, are suffering with the others. That's what the passion of love brings us to. This past weekend, through the grace of your intercession, I had, we had an incredible experience with a retreat of women. I felt that just about every single woman in that retreat gave herself fully as a victim soul to the Lord. Our call to raise up victim souls, I had never experienced it so powerfully as in this retreat. The Lord permitted us a grace. It was a retreat where we were given the most amount of opportunities of, of reflection. We had nine reflections. So the Lord placed in my heart, I spoke three back to back. And what the Lord guided me to speak to them about was understanding the hidden martyrdom of the heart was the first talk, which is on the website. Julianne, I think today, placed the other two. I think it's very important that each of you hear the three talks. The second talk was how we are called to live the martyrdom of the heart through our hidden, ordinary life. But what the Lord did there was He took me out of my notes, <laughs> like He does, and He really took me in deep into the hidden sorrows of women, married women. Sorrows that we never talk about. And I just, it just, it was, it was like 
the spirit bringing to light the hidden sorrows in every woman's heart that she doesn't speak about. And I could see the eyes of those women. They were pierced through to the core. And then the third talk was the Eucharist. And how this union of martyrdom brings us to become living host, which is, when we become living host, that's union with God. And that's where our life moves beyond time and space. So it's important that you listen to them. But in this coming out, I explain to them these last words of St. John of Avila. This is in our, in our path. St. John of Avila is speaking about that we're all called to be martyrs of love. But he tells us, we must all be martyrs of love if we wish to arrive there. This love so carries us out of ourselves. It makes a man forget himself and care only for his beloved. But what I explained to these women and what I want to remind each of us here this morning, in order for us to go out of ourselves, to give ourselves fully to the other, we have to be willing to go into ourselves. Because what keeps us at a distance, like Peter, are our disorders and our wounds. And so the Spirit, through the path of knowledge of suffering with, takes us deeper and deeper. All of us must come to touch our core wounds so that the Lord can heal them and they no longer become a barrier of distance that's keeping us from union of complete martyrdom of heart. Okay? The other thing is that through the path, at the feet, in the side, it's always a, a, a process of purification. That is the way that the distance between us and Jesus, like Peter and Jesus, is closed in. The purification of our hearts. But when we enter the heart of Jesus, we continue a purification, but the purification in the sacred heart is different. In the side and at the feet, our hearts are being purified and we're coming into union with Jesus through the thorns. The thorns being all the sufferings God permits in our life, including the sufferings of our own woundedness. But in the sacred heart, the Lord begins to bless us with another gift, the nails. The nails. And the first nail that we're given in the sacred heart is the nail of our desire, that our desires being now crucified to Jesus. It's kind of moving from the concrete to the abstract. The Lord begins to purify in His sacred heart the more 
abstract of our being, like our desires. And the Lord begins to nail, the first nail is the nail of the feet, so that we move in our desires and we kind of go where we want to go. And of course we try to discern what's God's will, but we still are very rooted in our desires. Just think, I mean, that the testimony of Jessica was so beautiful. She had a wonderful desire that we all had to go to Mass. Jessica couldn't go to Mass because of the, the storm, the weather. But, and the Lord teaches her a beautiful lesson. Her testimony was so beautiful. And the Lord's been working with all of this of how to suffer that with Him for something greater. But she still and all of us still have very rooted desires on what we want to do. And when it doesn't go that way, we feel the tension and it bothers us and it, we're struggling. I mean, Jessica, it was beautiful because what Jessica shared is what we all live. But when we receive the nail, our desires begin to be crucified where we no longer live in our desires. The Lord doesn't permit it. We can only go where He is taking us. So all of this is the purification of our union with the Lord. 